Food Heals Podcast, episode 138. Two things, slow down and check in. Literally create time, some non-negotiable time. It could be five minutes of the morning and showing up every day because that consistency means that you're putting an investment into the bank account that is your life, your journey, your conscious expansion, and all of that is part of Tantra. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In real cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat and stress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately. All right, welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. Today's guest is Elise Carr, known as the pioneer of Yoni Power and the divinely empowered woman. Elise is internationally recognized as Australia's foremost empowerment mentor, specializing in sacred sexuality and spirituality, which I know is some of Susie's favorite topics. My favorite stuff. (laughs) With unwavering enthusiasm, fierce dedication, and spirited insight, Elise guides inspirational souls on a purpose-driven, passion-filled mission away from fear and dissatisfaction and into courageous love and divine power, living life as their most authentic, nourished, and empowered selves. So beautiful. I learned a lot from this episode. Yeah, I did too. Next up, our interview with Elise Carr. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. Elise is a sacred spirituality and sexuality director, life empowerment mentor, certified holistic health coach, writer, speaker, tantra practitioner, Reiki master, model, and artist. I am so excited to talk with her. (laughs) Is your mind blown? My mind is blown. My yoni is ready to talk about femininity and sacred sexuality. and I'm so so excited. These are like Susie's favorite topics. I know! Welcome, Elise. (laughs) Oh, angel ladies, Alice and Susie, thank you so much for having me. I love that you literally said my yoni is ready to receive all this magical wisdom and these experiences. Not everybody's going to get that. Not in an inappropriate way. (laughs) I don't get it. Explain it now. Your yoni is your... Okay, how do I say this? Yoni is your honeypot. Is it my pussy? It's your pussy. Pussy power. And my. (laughs) Not just that, because the the pussy, as we term it, because sometimes just be misconstrued as the vagina, which really we're talking about the vulva, right? Really, the yoni is like the entire female sex reproductive area, all all the way. All the bits. All the way up and inside, and all the juicy bits right to your ovaries. So it's a very empowering space. Oh, even to your ovaries? I didn't even know that. Yeah, everything about the female sacred sexuality. And I I also consider it like your your first chakra and all of that energy, like your 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 feminine power yeah right. and second chakra too. and second mm-hmm. chakra one oh, and two yeah is yours ready uh, Allison? <laughs> i am ready this is getting off to quite the interesting start <laughs> so let's talk about our this is very this is a very um important i think topical subject right now you know just the other day i was reading how gwyneth paltrow is now advocating holding jade eggs in your vagina to increase mm-hmm. sexuality and... I'm sorry, and fe- what? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't you know heard, what that you, means. A jade egg. A I don't jade- know what that is. Okay. <laughs> it's a, a jade- We're going to teach you all about it. 
Somebody teach me. You guys are soul sisters. Allison needs a and crash I helmet. Need be, I am the student and you are my teachers. It's a jade, the stone jade, right? Uh-huh. The gemstone in the shape of an egg because in, Chi- in Chinese uh, culture, the jade is very... Uh, actually it emits a lot of energy and is very healing and is very a sign of power and they wear a lot of jade so uh i don't know where she picked this up from but she i just saw the article briefly in my eye doctor's office where she's advocating putting jade eggs uh after her vaginal steaming uh rant have Mm -hmm. you heard about that Mm -mm. okay we'll get to that too uh but (laughs) she's saying hold a, a jade egg in your vagina to increase uh i guess kegel uh, muscles uh, increase your tension of your kegel muscles and also energetically it's supposed to help your femininity and female energy and sexuality so all yeah. right Elise I have been trained in in this sacred art and there actually aren't many women around the world still existing that are and this is a practice as you mentioned that is actually Chinese but it goes back many 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 generations and it's something that the Chinese royalty used to use it was very much underground it was a Mm. hidden secret and then it was later taught to uh, a sect of women called the white tigress and and I've trained with the lineage of this through my teachers and masters and and now I'm I'm really excited to be sharing this wisdom with with women and, and clients around the world. I don't just sell jade eggs. I, I'm really passionate about women knowing what to do with them. Otherwise it's like, what do I do with this? Because we've read an article or seen a little clip here or there. So it's really important to have the knowledge and the awareness. And and as you touched on, it is something that's used for you say Kegels, we say PC. So PC is short for the pubococcygeus. It's like our little hammock-like muscle that for women sits between charmingly the anus and vaginal opening. And it's important to strengthen this, not to overdo it, but to strengthen it whether or not you choose to be having children, whether you've had children or whether you have no desire. Sometimes people say, oh, it's really good to do before you have a child. Well, yes, it is great. It's also great to do after you've stopped bleeding post giving birth. But just for our general well-being, our general physical well-being is brilliant but then we've also got yeah the emotional ability to to be able to release to soften to connect deeper with your divine feminine because really you're focusing on a space that is through many centuries also been traumatized it's been something that's been neglected sometimes there's a lot of shame and abuse I was just going to say and, shame uh, yeah. and trauma mm-hmm. yeah huge 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 so learning to work with the jade egg as a sacred ritual a sacred practice to connect deeper with yourself to heal those spaces to let go of that wounding and that trauma that we hold in our emotional body and sometimes you know it feels like it's in our physical body it can be a massive release for many women it can be very empowering for many women and then there's the other side of things what often gets glamorized and that's the yes the likeliness that you're going to develop more sensitivity because we know the vaginal wall is is muscle so like we flex any muscles and we work them with weights the jade egg essentially acts like a small weight and you're essentially working the muscles of the vaginal wall around that weight which is going to increase sensitivity so while this also can be pleasurable for you, if you choose to perhaps, you know, be on your own or self-pleasure, it can also be more pleasurable for your partner, for your beloved. If that person is a man, you can be able to literally learn to be able to hug their lingam, we call it in Tantra, which means wand of light, also known as the penis. So you can learn to the <laughs> wand penis. of light. Wand yes. of light. We can elaborate on that later. Hold that thought. <laughs> learn, learn to hug it, learn to embrace it. So it feels, you know, deeply held on a physical level, but you can find that this can actually enhance the intimacy and, and a deeper connection between you and your beloved as well. And yes, orgasms can be part of that. Now, someone who's, you know, come from this sacred ancient path and as a Tantra practitioner, 
I don't buy into the concept that we just want to have multiple orgasms. I'm more about having an orgasmic experience through life and enjoying the journey. So while yes, using the jade egg can allow you to soften, open and welcome more orgasms into your world, that's only like putting your toe in the ocean of how powerful the practice of the sacred jade egg can be and, and utilizing that with, with other elements of the psychosexuality and spirituality path that I personally teach and advocate. Wow. So that's a little taste of the jade egg. And, and you know, just so we know, also when you buy these online, we've got to be careful what we're buying here. There's yes. a lot of people who are advocating carnelian eggs and rose core eggs and obsidian eggs, and you can put any kind of egg up there. Be really cautious. Now, we have to understand that because this has been around for so long, these people knew what they were doing. They invented it. They created it. And there was a reason why they used the jade egg, you know, the jade for the egg, you know, I should say, that deep green color or a lighter green color, the authentic jade. Because as you touched on, ladies, this actually has many properties that are deeply connected to the feminine. It also helps balance out the heart space. You know, we know our chakras and, and in the standard kind of chakra system that we're aware of with the seven internal chakras, the heart space is a green space. So by using the jade egg in the yoni, you're actually helping balance out this space within you as a woman, which goes between your sex organs and your heart and your breasts. So you're doing yourself a real service by using the specific color egg that it's intended to be and not, you know, I'm not saying you can't go and experiment and play, but it's not going to give you the same effect. It's not the ancient sacred traditional way. So just be aware of that. Okay, ladies, this is the first I'm hearing of this. So forgive me if I need You're blushing. Are you blushing right now? Susie, I have to ask my co-host, Elise, has, have you ever <laughs> used the jade egg? No, no, I have not. I have, um, um, practiced Kegel exercises on my own. I have been to Tantra class, although when I was single, not married, I've been dying to take my husband um, to this Tantra practice group that I know of. Um, we have not been yet. But I, my, and my, even, even going that far, and I went as a single woman, that was kind of intimidating because um, I didn't know what to expect. Um <laughs> to say the least, it piqued an interest and opened up a, now being an energy, so Elise, I don't know if you know this, I'm a body worker and an energy healer, um, but not in a tantric way. And I know the importance of keeping all the chakras open, of of sacred sexuality. Um, and so, so having dipped my toe into that, when I just read this article, I was like, oh, this is fascinating. I, and at least I had no idea that you knew about the jade egg or that this was even <laughs> a true thing or if, or if Gwyneth had pulled it from some textbook from 2,000 years ago. I had no idea. It's not <laughs> even on our list of questions. No, it's not. <laughs> We're deviating from our script. It's the bonus round. <laughs> it's the bonus round. But um, this whole topic to me, and this is something that I myself personally might study in the future because I think this is so needed in this day and age. I think we have, um, like Elise said, as women have been so shamed, our, our sexual organs have been so shamed, we carry so much, you know, energetically around it that we've forgotten um, the beauty that is there and the power that is there and the pleasure that is there. You know, I think at least for Americans, we do seek out that pleasure, but we don't connect, I think, on on the levels that are available to us sexually. And so that's why to me, um, in terms of sexual health and psychological health and love and connection to your partner, this is a fascinating topic. So um, mm. 
yeah, no, the, the, the jade egg was just a one-off. I just saw that on the cover, literally saw it on the cover of a magazine. I'm like, oh, that's cool. But um, what Elise does is just fascinating to me. So back to you, Elise. I'm just really pleased that fabulous Gwyneth Paltrow is putting it out there. And, you know, the challenging thing is when you're in an arena where you're very public and you put out something that seems to be a little bit, you know, skewed to one side, you're going to get a backlash. And she, you know publicly is, is getting these horrible backlash, like even gynecologists saying you should not put these up there. Now, the reality is gynecologists don't have any understanding of this sacred practice, except, you know, I'm sure there's probably some, I shouldn't say none, but obviously the people that are commenting on this, yeah, they don't understand. And it's a shame to be very black and white when actually you're being quite ignorant, mm-hmm. despite having a doctorate or a PhD or, you know, whether you're a medical practitioner. So it's really important when it comes to anything in this genre that we keep an open mind or an open yoni, if that's what you feel like. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, being being open-minded, yes, we need to have boundaries and we need to make conscious choices and we need to use discernment, but we can't just dismiss things that we have no knowledge about just because it doesn't fit convention because let's face it, nothing in this world progresses if we stay the same. We need to break certain rules and, and expand and this is a beautiful part of also leading a tantric lifestyle is that we are open enough to learn about who we really are, not who society tells us to be. So if, you know, a gynecologist or a doctor or a scientist or anyone says, well, this is wrong, maybe we need to look into it for ourselves. I, you know? I absolutely agree, Elise. And I think just for, so for our listeners, and, you know, you, you live in Australia, so you guys may have a different perspective on this. Our, our gynecologists are very afraid of bacteria for our, for our vaginas and our female organs. They're just so afraid of bacteria. And so... We're covered in it. Like, it's, it's all over us. It's all over us. And, in fact, we need beneficial bacteria up there. I understand what they're saying that uh, in this article that I read, you know, they're afraid it's a porous rock and that, you know, it could lead to toxic shock syndrome. That would take many days, I think. You know, they're, in America, they're all for shoving... Um, tampons that have been bleached and have chemicals in them that's okay but like but a a natural rock is going to cause harm so just for our listeners you want to make sure that if you do decide to look into this you know you want to Make sure that you maybe don't leave it there many days. That you're there, you're aware. <laughs> no, no, no. And that's one of the precautions that I that I teach, and this is why it's so important not to just buy these things offline with no instruction, but you know, to connect with someone that really has you know the knowledge and the wisdom. And one of those things, and I'll just say, if anyone's got their jade egg in their hand now and they're ready to use it, be aware that you don't you want to have any cracks on it. You need to make sure it's in perfect condition, that it has been cleaned. Just in boiling water's fine. I like to also take mine to the ocean, give it a bit of a cleanse. If if you're you know in LA, that might be possible Mm -hmm. depending on where you are but also be aware that it's not something that you're supposed to use every day it's not something you are supposed to sleep with or wear to the shops <laughs> like jewelry you could have you could be laying an egg in the middle of you know the the european isle or whatever it is so no it's it's not internal jewelry but having an awareness that the really the best way is maximum three times a week maximum at the very beginning five five minutes oh see you know, it's fine okay see because yeah these... you've got to be in a space that you're open and receptive you might even find that your yoni does not want to take it in today you know you've got to warm yourself up and that's why I take you through the whole process of learning how to care for the jade egg what to do with it how to practice when to practice but absolutely maximum three times a week and not to use when you're pregnant because it overstimulates a space that's already very stimulated from that beautiful baby growing inside you not to use normally normally or we can break this rule but normally definitely not when you're menstruating we call that your moon time once again too much is going on there you've got a lot of stimulation already so 
there's a lot of precautions we need to be aware of. And once again, people making these comments have no clue about this. So they go, oh, yes, you could get toxic shock syndrome. As you mentioned, let's be realistic. Look at the horrible products that are on the shelves that we're encouraged to use. Terrible. You know? So let, let's really tap into our consciousness and, and our wisdom and, and ask ourselves those questions of what's best for me because no matter what anyone says, myself, you guys, anyone at all who claims to be a professional, we've got to honour ourselves first and foremost. So be true to you and, and honour what is best for you in the moment. I think this is one of my favourite episodes ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can we talk about Tantra? Yeah. What is yeah. it? And how can we incorporate it? Yeah, because at least I think a lot of people have... Uh, very different views or misconceptions about what Tantra really is. So in your own words, please, yeah. what is Tantra? Yeah, absolutely. I'm pleased you asked this question. And let's just start off with saying what it is not. It is not the Kama Sutra. It is not a collection of sexual positions. That's what I think of. So thank you for busting ah. that myth because like, people don't know. Yeah, and unfortunately in, in the Western world, we have kind of immersed ourselves in a bastardized version of Tantra and labeled it white Tantra, green Tantra, black Tantra, rose Tantra, whatever. And we've kind of just done a little pick and mix of things we like of the Tantras and the Tantric texts, which are, oh my gosh, we'd take a whole lifetime to talk about them and study them, to be honest. They're so deep and vast. Mm-hmm. But they've just pick and mix and kind of put something together and made it very sexual, very, very based and heavily inspired by pleasure an orgasm and getting off in, you know, a space of being in a relationship with one person or many people. And that is, is not what Tantra is about. Tantra is a way of life. It is everything that encompasses life. Literally, when we break it down and we look at the word in a really simplistic way, it means to weave, to expand consciousness. Mm. And what we're weaving here, if you take your hands, you just interlace your fingers, those two elements are sacred sexuality and spirituality. We need to have an understanding that if we take the spirituality away from sexuality, we're not going to have the same deep connection and we're definitely not going to be riding a path that is going to take us to a higher state of consciousness. And this is what we want. If we just stay in the physical space, which most Western Tantra practitioners do, they teach you how to have an orgasm, how to, you know, be able to prolong the orgasm for a man, how to give a yoni massage, or perhaps you pay someone to give you a yoni massage or a linga massage. All this keeps us very much suppressed and in a lower energetic space. We call this like the animalistic phase. Mm -hmm. There's a place for it. And sometimes when we're on the path or we're kind of getting used to the concept of being, you know, curious about a conscious path, we're drawn to this. We're drawn to what's called the glamour. We're drawn to the pleasure. We go, oh, there's a workshop and I get to learn how to give my partner four different, you know, linger massage techniques in one (laughs) night and blow his mind. Okay, cool. Now I'm trained in all of this. I don't choose to dwell on it and I don't choose to stay there because it's not going to help myself evolve personally. Definitely not going to help me help others evolve either on their path. So we've got to accept that's part of it. But really when we connect deeply to Tantra, it's about taking the physical body, taking, you know, what could be an animalistic kind of experience and connecting it with heart, Mm. heart in the sense of that intimacy compassion, loving kindness, non-judgment, holding space for someone that could actually just involve listening for a change instead of you just wanting to butt in and share your view and not really care what they're saying. That is Tantra as well. Holding space in a relationship, you know, with your beloved is huge. Communication we know is huge. This is all Tantra. 
So starting to merge and blend that sacred sexuality with some heart is already kind of upping the ante. Something you can do, which is really simple, and I love encouraging clients to do this in the mirror with themselves or with a beloved partner, is to practice the eye gazing technique. Because when you look into the eyes of someone, and we know this because it can be very uncomfortable if you make eye contact with someone on the street at times because you're like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. feeling a bit seen here by a stranger. It's uncomfortable. Why? Because they're looking into you. If they really look at you, you can feel that. Some people, it makes them feel very uncomfortable. Other people love it. They feel seen. Yeah. Now, if you can hold that with your partner, making love or not, just in conversation in general, the deeper you can connect with them, this will raise and heighten the intimacy. Intimacy, we say in Tantra, is into me, I see. Mm. Gazing into your beloved's eyes is looking into their soul and starting to realize, hang on a minute, you're just let me. We're in different physical beings as in these bodies, these vehicles, but essentially we're souls. And this is what we need to remember in Tantra. This is a soul evolution. It's a soul journey. And we can start raising that level up. We start to get to a place of consciousness, a place of understanding that we are so much more and that, yes, there's a way that we can connect that through the sexuality of expressing and connecting and merging, but we don't just end there. So it's a very it's a very big kind of umbrella of the concept, but we have to understand that we want to constantly evolve and weave together all the elements to take us on a on a higher journey. So I have a story about eye gazing. Wait, Allison, yeah. look into my eyes. No, I'm just kidding. We're still we're still <laughs> you I'm are like, okay. You are you okay. <laughs> I like to joke. No, um okay, you have a story. I have a story too. Go ahead. So um, in grad school, we used to have to do this at the end. We would have these intense three-day weekends of healing ourselves. And it was, you know, spirituality school. And so at the end of every weekend, I would go to the bathroom because I couldn't handle it, you guys. I could not handle. We would have to hold someone's hand and gaze into their eyes for an interminable amount of time, like at least thirty seconds. Okay, and That's I couldn't not handle that it. long. I know, but for me at that time, <laughs> I, I was going to say like three hours. Yeah, <laughs> no, thirty seconds was too long for. I would go to the bathroom because I couldn't handle it. Yeah, and then at some point, I just decided like, okay, this is part of the school. This is what you're here to learn. You know, psychology, spirituality. You have to do this. So I started doing it. And I would look into people's eyes and I would start bawling because mm-hmm. it was so, it was such an intense experience and tears would roll down my face. And I was like, I don't even know why I'm crying, but I'm just feeling so much emotion and love for that person in this moment. Whether I had met them before, some people, you know, you're in grad school. Some people piss you off, right? You're yeah. working intensely with people. Yeah. Some people you are, you, you have a good relationship with. Some people you're like, I don't know about them. You have to stare into their eyes for 30 seconds, which I know you guys don't think is long, but it was long for me, okay? And you start to feel something so intense and you start to feel so much love for them. And this could be someone that earlier pushed your buttons, you know? And they say, when you do this, you got to do, you can do this in the middle of your down and out dirty fight, let's say with your friend or your loved one or your family member. And you just pause and you say okay and you look into each other's eyes and all of a sudden all the reasons that you're fighting dissolves away and this is what i, I learned wish in my, in i school. was that big of a person to be able to do that i know it's hard i'm not saying in the it's middle easy. of a fight but Don't i worry. also have i also have a story so when the one tantra class that i did go to by myself as a single woman you're brave 
a very um, amazing actor and voice teacher that I know here in Los Angeles invited me because he was studying under this woman, Don Cartwright, and uh, invited me as his guest. And I said, okay, you're just going just gonna to attend. And I said, okay. I had no idea what I was walking into. Um, I knew that there wasn't going to be disrobing or anything like that. I knew it was a safe space. And it was such a lovely experience. But, the, but I had to partner up. I had to find, and there were single men there. So I had to partner up with a single man who, um, you know, speaking to what Elise said, we're, we regard Tundra as very sexual, not not the heart opening, but just the, the, the animalistic, the sexual part of it. And I looked at this guy and I was like, I am not attracted to him. And I'm in this kind of Tantra sexual workshop is my mm-hmm. understanding of it. And right. I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go with this. And the first thing that we did was what Elise is describing where we held gazes, but way longer than 30 seconds. I mean, this is a stranger. It was literally like, hi, James. Nice to meet you. I'm Susie. Okay, we're we're going to sit down and stare at each other now. It's so intimate. It's very intimate. And it was such a a great experience for me because I've done this in acting classes before. We do this in acting classes all the time, but you usually know your partners and and it's in a different and you like mm-hmm. laugh a little. You're like, yeah. Ha, ha, this and it's is a funny. different. It's a different context when you're doing it. When I, in my experience, when I did it in a tantra class with a stranger, yeah, who I knew nothing about, who I wasn't even attracted to, um, it was such a lovely experience. And by the end of it, we did a couple more exercises where, like, he was just rubbing my back and I was rubbing his back. And then when I, and then at the end of it, when I looked at him again was like, he is attractive. I am attracted to this man. And at first, I was not. So it, it, And it wasn't even like I was trying to, but I saw his soul. We connected in a way that wasn't there at the beginning. With no words. We connected with heart, which is what Elise was saying. Yeah. Without sexuality. Yeah. Which I think is so lacking the world over right now. For sure. Absolutely. I love those stories. Thank you, ladies. I. It made me think, Alison... You know, that, that concept of, of the fear of almost dropping into a soul space. Yeah. It was like, I look at this and, and this is what I teach also, you know, with an esoteric path that when something like that happens, we're choosing to take the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. We're choosing the easy way out because it's in the too hard basket because the ego is like, hell no, sister. Yep. <laughs> and yet you listen to that for a while and eventually your soul was able to whisper to you and go, no, 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 yeah. you can do this. No, and it took months. And so you did. But I did, yeah. Yeah, exactly right. And this is what we need to choose every single day. This is about, in Tantra, choosing from a place of consciousness and going, you know what? No, no, this is going to feed my soul. This is going to nourish my soul. This is what's my greatest, highest potential self. Not the easy kind of, I'll just like, you know, give my ego a bit of pleasure or just ignore this because it's too hard, mm-hmm. you know. And, and in a similar way, Susie, you kind of mentioned the same thing because that initial moment of, oh, I'm not attracted to you. You know, that was your ego going, if I make this judgment, you'll put up your wall and the heart and the soul won't have to get involved and I, the ego, get to stay in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. You know, in such a simple way. And yet once again, you also, you know, stepped into that space going, you know what? No, I am a divinely empowered woman. I'm going to own this. I'm here for a reason. And interestingly enough, when you opened up and allowed the soul connection to take place, it doesn't mean it has to last a lifetime. It could have just been in that moment. That man just gave you that gift in that moment you were able to have a deep connection. And the beauty you saw, that connection you felt with him probably wasn't like, oh my gosh, I ripped your clothes off now, you're so sexy. It was like, (laughs) I actually feel a connection with you beyond this human body. There's something about you 
that I can feel, you know, that deep knowing. It's soul connection. Mm-hmm. So I love those experiences. And it's so, so wonderful that both of you didn't choose the path of least resistance in the end. You both put yourselves into it. And that's what we need to do every single day. That's about leading a tantric lifestyle. So 10 points, ladies, 10 points and a gold star. Well done. Gold star. (laughs) (laughs) Now we need more. Now we need to up level. Well, I, I, you guys, I don't practice this daily in my daily life. So how can Food Heals listeners and myself practice this? In a daily way, as I said, it's it can start with making conscious choices. We can look at some simple foundations of Tantra and, and that's how we get chi into our body because we've got chi life force energy and ching our sexual energy. So from our life force energy, how we get chi into our body, and you ladies are you know famous for this, it's the food that we put into our bodies. It's what we choose to nourish and fuel our bodies with because that becomes our body temple, right? Yes. So making conscious choices there is huge. The water we drink, clean water, that's nourishing our body, you know, a couple of liters every day. That's a big part of bringing chi into your body. The other two ways we get chi is sunlight. So in beautiful, you know, sunny LA, you guys have got that down pat. Usually, and not usually, this week, but usually. Usually, usually. <laughs> minus the smog. And and then the fourth is is kind of like the most important of all. We wouldn't be here without it. And that's our breath. Breath in Tantra overrides the orgasm kind of a thing for the record. Mm our breathing, learning how to breathe to do full big belly exhales and really, really big inhales so we kind of take in as much of that beautiful chi as possible is absolutely paramount. And actually, I've got some videos I can share them with your listeners to teach and guide you through moving sexual energy once you've learned how to do that breathing so that you can start to have those sensations so that this orgasmic experience can start, you know, elevating your everyday experiences as well. So that's the chi side of things. As for the ching, to kind of connect with your sexual energy is really important. We did touch on, you know, the jade egg at the beginning. That's one part of it. Another practice that I love to do, which is also connected to the tigeress and this ancient way of being for women is breast massage. Mm. And I teach this fully clothed all around the world on <laughs> Skype in person. I just get ladies who have really baggy T-shirts so that they feel, you know, comfy. Obviously no bra, get rid of that. And, you know, they feel safe <laughs> enough to be themselves, but they don't feel vulnerable in the sense of they're, you know, connected with me with their top off. We don't need that. Mm-hmm. That's what you do on your own in your own practice. You get to be naked and beautifully experimented with coconut oil and go for your life. But learning how to connect with that space is so important because women and men connect together like batteries. I'm sorry, like so what? batteries. So what I'm talking about here is that we have an inner battery and men have an inner battery. So our inner battery for women, we've got a positive and negative end, right? Just like you would oh, any kind batteries. of battery. Okay. They're saying yeah. batteries. I'm like bats and trees. It's okay. her beautiful accent. It's your beautiful <laughs> accent. Okay. It's my accent. Sorry. I'm not sure how to pronounce that with American. Batteries? Don't tr- yeah. Batteries? Yeah. Batteries? Don't do it. Batteries. 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 <laughs> batteries. So, Just kidding. Batteries. Think of okay. it like the inner pole of a positive and negative end. Yes. Okay. Yes. So our, our positive end, which is like a warm space, sits in our heart. It sits between our breasts. This for us as women is a place where we naturally give from. It's very, very organic and authentic for us to want to extend our arms, which are an extension of the heart space, and embrace a child, a loved one, a friend. We do this automatically. A woman who's, I say, a divinely empowered one who's really in her truth and her integrity and is living this conscious life penetrates the room with her breasts. It's not her nose that enters first, it's her nipples. And this is the energy she radiates out. And also when she chooses, she can absorb that as well, which you've got to be careful of. I'm going to so do that's that your from now thing. on. Aha, uh-huh. darn right, sister. <laughs> and then the opposite of your battery is your cool space. 
which is the yoni, that entire female psychosexual reproductive area. So that's how it is for women in the sense that the cool space needs time to warm up. So think of yourself here, really sit with this. And any ladies listening, you understand very well that you're not a switch that just gets flicked on in an instant. You like time in a perfect world. You'd love longer foreplay. You're not saying you don't like quickies, but come back with me here. You need that time to warm up. So like you're putting water in a kettle, you turn it on and you have to wait for it to boil. Once you're at boiling point, you're on, ready to go, can keep going. You may or may not have had this experience because we don't always have the luxury of time. Perhaps your beloved isn't aware of how you really function as a woman. Perhaps right now you'll be able to speak to him about it. (laughs) So we need to understand that the yoni space, that other end of our battery is cool. It needs time. It needs to be warmed up. The gift of the man, if you're in a relationship with a man, is that he's the polar opposite to you. His warm space matches your cool space. So naturally, his lingam, that wand of light we mentioned, the penis, is his warm space. Unlike you, he's like a switch and can be flicked on in an instant. So he's fiery. Your cool, calm, collected water, you could be crazy and wild sometimes and then just really chilled and flowy and easy the next. He is like a raging fire pretty much all the time, or it doesn't take much to turn that fire on. Mm -hmm. So his gift, his role, and hence the wand of light being a tool of healing when he is in his divine masculine space, right? This isn't where every man is. It's where he aspires to be or is traveling towards. When he's in that space, his power warms you up, right? Mm -hmm. Your heart warms up his cool space, which is his heart, So when we start looking at this as a four-point kind of circuit here, right, you've got your warm heart opens up his cool heart, his warm lingam, genitals, opens up your cool genitals. And you start to see this moving of sexual energy. Join up those kind of dots and you get a circle of energy, a circuit essentially. When you connect in lovemaking, this is the way the energy flows. It can go one way or the other. But that's the way we want the energy to flow so that we are not just our, if you put your palms together now and you put like your hands, sorry, together now and you put the palms, the base of your hands together so you've got a V, that's just the organs, like the sex organs connecting. Really boring. That's the animalistic. If you join like your actual palm of your hand together and keep your fingers apart, that's bringing in heart into this. If you put your whole palm pressed together so you've like really got palm to palm, that's the whole body. That's the physical as well as the heart, as well as consciousness connected. And that's when we can then cross our hands over each other and, you know, create this beautiful bond, this meshing, this essentially weaving together to expand consciousness. So I say that so you have an understanding of how the energy can flow. That may be really complicated on a daily basis. You're like, oh, where do I start? On a daily basis with you, connect with those spots. You might just have one hair on your heart, one hair on your womb, or if it's guys listening, you can put it on your lower belly or above the genital region. And just connect in, start to feel your heart beating, start to feel the breath. Notice if this is really uncomfortable, you don't want to be here, you'd rather be washing the dishes right now. Mm, We've got some resistance. Mm -hmm. Or notice if, wow, this feels so amazing. I'm going to start doing this every morning when I wake up to bring me into life. I'm going to do this every night before I go to sleep to help me slow down and reconnect and just gently go off to sleep. We need to start tuning into our bodies, not to live there on a physical level, but just to have a reverence and understand that our bodies talk to us all the time. We know this because the ego talks to us all the time and we listen to that more often than not, but we got to get past that like both of you did in your beautiful stories you shared and you started honoring your soul, honoring your soul, honoring your heart, honoring your sacred sexuality by honoring the genitals too, all in unison means you're living a tantric way. 
so don't be afraid to to stop and slow down, which is the biggest thing I'd say on a daily basis, and start to check in. So if we just summarize all that in a nutshell, two things, slow down and check in. Literally create time, some non-negotiable time. It could be five minutes in the morning or maybe it's half an hour in the afternoon before you prepare dinner. Whatever works with you and your lifestyle and how you choose is what's important and showing up every day because that consistency means that you're putting you know, an investment into the bank account that is your life, your journey, your conscious expansion and all of that is part of Tantra. This is so beautiful and I think so needed to be heard by the world and I'll tell you ladies why. The name of our podcast is Food Heals, as it does, as we all know. So does breath, so does right thinking. I think there is so much, I don't even know what the right word is, so much tension around sexuality and open-heartedness and and the, and the connection between the two mm. open like loving sexuality connecting as you said through your whole body through your heart through your yoni and your lingam and this is we're human this is something that we all this need this is in our dna this is part of this is the, how we reproduce right but not only that there's so many people at least in america that say that's the only reason for sexuality and no it is no, not it I is agree. self-expression it is union it is yoking it is you know connection it is feeling loved and whole and seen and wanted and, and loved. loving yourself fully. yeah I think, mm. I mean, I'm, I'm pleased you've seen the seen part as well, because that's a big part of it being seen and held and heard and cherished of really big parts of the fabric. Of the because I really well. believe so you said that. I really believe that if, if most of the world was receiving this kind of love, mm -hmm. would we even care about wars? Would we even care about I, maybe some would? I don't know, but I, I doubt it. I would people be fighting the fights would, that they're fighting? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I don't think but so. There is, there's no peace 101, is there? Yet there's so <laughs> much. And think of how many, you know, probably trillions, billions, trillions of dollars all around the world that get invested into warfare, essentially. Mm -hmm. Imagine if all that was put into peace. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the way of the world. Unfortunately, collective consciousness and the masses and media and politics, all these things buy into the illusion. So it's up to us not to buy into the illusion, you know. And you guys are doing that by, by having this beautiful podcast. By advocating that food heals, that's huge. We have to spread our version of light wherever we go so that we kind of start shaking up people, waking them up and, and those who are ready to expand their mind, to embrace a new way of being, whether it's through the healing nature of food, whether it's through, like you said, yoking, going to yoga, meditation, breath, the tantric path, just leading, you know, a life of conscious choices every day. All of this makes a difference. And this is why we need more people like you beautiful ladies and and all the others who are out there doing this work to shed more light and and for people, therefore, to have more opportunities to tap into it. Because the more it's out there, the more people are going to be able to go, hang on a minute, there might be something to this. I remember the first time I heard about uh, tantric sex and it was a class in college and we were exploring um, actually alternative forms of healing and we talked about yoga and yoga of Patanjali and Patanjali was a prince in India and yoga as we see it in the West or see, think about it here at least in the States is not just Hatha yoga in classes on a mat. I had to read that book before taking my level one yoga teacher training. Uh -huh. Right. So he had nine, nine different parts of yoga. One was right breath, right mm -hmm. thinking, right way. Um, one part of it was the poses so that you could meditate. And then one part of it was Tantra, was sacred sexuality. And that was a, 
I kind of knew about it before, but that was the first time it was put into a context. I'm like, that makes sense. It was all these different nine, like sort of nine spokes of a wheel that made yeah. up a whole, um, some the, the whole experience of someone's life that if you followed those could experience, you know, a relative bliss. And I think that absolutely we don't, we miss a lot of those spokes. We, <laughs> we, in the, at least in the, we so do. We do. This is so true. Mm -hmm. And it's like, even just saying yoga now to the Western mindset, that just means you get on a mat and practice poses called asanas as you ladies know. Right. And we know we there's more of, to it, but not that's, everyone that's does. That's one limb. That's one limb. And also, you know, we can look at Buddhism. Now, the Buddhists created actually a branch of Buddhist Tantra. We don't know about this because it's easier that we don't. And it's better that we don't because it keeps us, you know, locked in our little boxes in the dark and we're easier to control. But Buddhism doesn't have to just be practiced by monks wearing robes with shaved heads, eating out of small wooden bowls. Bless them. Thank you for all they do. I have much reverence for that. But most of us don't want to live a life like that because we're still connected to the desire mechanism of this human vehicle that we inhabit, right? So therefore, Buddha created Buddhist Tantra. And it was within that that you embody the principles of Buddhism. Just simple things, let's say, like loving kindness and compassion, right, to keep it basic for now. But within that, he also understood that most people walking this earth want to have that human contact, like you said, right, the intimacy. But we need to learn to do that from a place of a sacred worship, from a place of a sacred connection. So this has been heavily, heavily hidden from us. And that's why, unfortunately, in many cultures, and you guys really understand this, in, in America, I can see it so strongly in everyone I speak to, how much suppression around sex and sexuality there is. And this unfortunately only disempowers us, which is better for the few, but not for the many. Absolutely. So once again, sometimes it's just opening up our eyes and doing a bit of research, listening to these awesome podcasts like Food Heals and, and tuning ourselves into things that really vibrate with where we choose to be. That's what's important. We've got to kind of pick ourselves up and take ourselves on this journey. And that's why we have the concept of seekers, you know, in the modern world and, and finding what path suits you. Not everyone's going to go, you know what, that's it. I'm converted. I am going to lead a tantric lifestyle and be devoted for the rest of my life. I get that. I'm not here to convert. I'm here to share some wisdom and open up our minds and open up our hearts and potentially our yonis to understand we have choice. And that from there, once we get the options, we can make conscious choices that are going to best serve us. This is what's so important, you know, and, and understanding more and more that when you connect with yourself in a sacred, sexual and spiritual way, you're not doing anything that's negative. You're not being wrong or dirty or anything like that. You're actually starting to honor what you really are in this form, having the human experience and doing it from a place of connection and compassion and consciousness. And that's huge. To me, that's huge. This really brings up a story for me that I want to share with you guys that I witnessed at um, an event, and it was about mindfulness, and it was at a yoga studio, so kind of cool. combining mindfulness and yoga, and it really, really um, sounds like, you know, the philosophies of Tantra as well, but a woman stood up, and she was a breast cancer survivor, and she had never in her life, she had had sex, she had children, she had never in her life masturbated or touched her breasts and so when you were speaking earlier Elise, about how you you know teach women to massage their breasts and things like that and just be in touch with their sexuality she had been taught by her you know extremely religious upbringing that that was the devil mm -hmm. mm, to very touch true. yourself in any way and long story short you know she had gotten over breast cancer not in the typical ways 
Um, but she had green juice her way back to health and she had changed her diet and she had changed her lifestyle and she had started to embrace what she called mindfulness, which I also think is now Tantra as we're speaking about it, not in her Mm. words, but in, in what we're talking about. And she had started to realize like, I am a sexual being. It is okay for me to express myself as a woman in any way that I see fit, whether it's speaking my mind, whether it's being who I am, whether it's touching myself in any way that I feel like Mm -hmm. and loving myself. And that is how she healed herself Mm -hmm. of the breast cancer, not through Western medicine. And she shared this experience that by being mindful and by falling in love with herself as a person, as a human, as a woman, she was able to heal. And I thought that was just Mm. such a testament to the power of, you know, the healing power of the mind, the healing power that our own body has to heal itself and just being in touch with our own, who we are and, and not holding back or saying this is bad we can't do this. This is against our religion or our so beliefs. so part of who we are as human beings. Um, yeah. And just what Elise said, like, it, it, it disempowers us to think, or rather, it reconnects us to our power. This is something that our bodies, I don't even want to say need, but it's part of what our bodies do. It's beautiful. Mm. Um, and why are we ashamed of it? Because we've big culture, but like, but my yeah, point we've is been that we've been indoctrinated and we've been controlled. Yeah, um, because exactly. when people are happy and connected, they don't, they're they're less easily controllable. And if this isn't nurtured, if this isn't accepted, if it isn't celebrated, it comes out in deviant ways. It comes out in violence against people, or rape, or assault, or pornography, which. You know, I don't want to judge anybody, but like it can be destructive. It, it can, it, yes, it very, it very well can be. Um, to me, I mean, it, whether it be masturbation, self love, love with a partner, part of who we are. It's part of what we need. It's part of the beauty of being human. And and to deny it, to be shamed by it, to be controlled by it, to be told by religion or parents or society that. This is you. You can have it in this box only, and it's got to look like this. And if it looks like anything else then it's wrong and you yeah. should feel bad. It is all very conditional. That's not love at all. Right. And it's They're also going to affect love. our health, as Allison was just talking about. I mean, um, when we let that energy flow through all of our chakras, it's part of the circuit running and all systems go. And if we shut one of them off, our very basic first two, one or two, um, can result in either not feeling well or getting sick or you know, it coming out in other ways that are just not loving. That's so true. And I'm so pleased you shared that story about that lady. And I relate deeply. I went on a 10-year journey with breast lumps. And I I strongly believed that the reason why I was constantly having to go back to have FNAs, which are final aspirations, where they stick needles in you and take out cells to test if you've got cancer, all these from the age of 19, would you believe, up until 29, I went through this. And I eventually put a stop to it because I decided, hang on a minute, perhaps I haven't actually been connecting with my heart and loving me. Perhaps if I just, you know, accept and embrace who I am and what I am. And this can be challenging. I came from the industry of of modeling. There was a lot of judgment that I was swimming in, yet I didn't want to buy into that anymore. So you can choose to change your way of thinking when you choose to change the way you buy into the illusion as well. You know, and and likewise, I had a cyst on my ovary that ruptured and and that toxin went through my entire being and it caused my heart to flatline. Oh my God. Four times. Yeah, but the reason why that happened... It's because 
once again, I was modeling internationally at this time, my other life when I was doing modeling and journalism. And I was living in a country where I was isolated from my loved ones. I wasn't speaking the language that well. I never bought into sex, drugs, rock and roll. I've always really honored the body temple, but I was pushing it so hard in a masculine way. I was depriving my divine feminine, my creativity, my expression, also knowledge. I wasn't using my mind the way I wanted to. I wasn't connecting with my body really the way I wanted to. I was just kind of being a puppet in a machine. So my body had to reach this extreme point and it had to yell at me in a physical way because I was missing all the signposts of the energy shifting, of the emotional shifting. And so this, to me, I believe the cyst came upon because when I had all these practitioners around me telling me, well, okay, your female sexual reproductive organs are textbook perfect. Your heart, the cardiologist told, the cardiologist told me, standing in front of me, you're disgustingly healthy. I became this case study. They couldn't understand. It was kind of like this bizarre miracle, the way my body kind of did this and then healed itself and that there was no real big issue in Anyway, to me, it was just my body's way of going, Elise, you're not living in your truth. You're not living in alignment with who you choose to be really, with who you're here to be. So all these things had to change. It was one of the biggest crossroads of my life. And I'm so grateful I went through that horrific phase on a physical and emotional level because it really changed me to get on a path of service. So sometimes I feel, and I see this in my clients a lot, the most horrific experiences that we go through. It could be the end of a relationship. It can be a physical illness. It can be a change of a job even, or perhaps just feeling completely lost in, you know, who I am, why I'm here, what am I meant to be doing? Any of these kind of things that we've all experienced in some capacity on some level, they're all to kind of steer us back onto the path of where we're meant to be. And this is when we start asking those big questions and we start doing the work and start making conscious choices to take action. All of this is about leading a tantric lifestyle as well. So I, I really loved that story you shared about the lady because to me, she started taking ownership of what she'd lived through and no longer chose anymore because it really didn't sit with her. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure both of you ladies can relate to that as well. In some way, at some time in your lives, you probably had to make those kind of decisions as well and go, hang on a minute. I'm, I'm living by what people tell me what to do. Partner, religion, social mm-hmm. circles, career. This isn't me. We start to wake up, right? This is our consciousness expanding and awakening. This is part of that connection point, you know, body, mind, and soul. It's so true, Elise. And I can tell you that I've had multiple instances of this in my own life. And I think each time that I'm I'm the most awakened and then I have the next one. So it's, uh-huh. it's always Welcome evolving. It's always <laughs> something new yeah. that, you know, I didn't even realize I was holding on to an old belief or an old, you know, opinion of myself or an old societal based, um, you know, thought that I was still buying into. And so I love those moments and I embrace those moments. Absolutely. We, we call that kind of holding on to the glamours, these illusions, these kind of personality traits that we think are us. Mm-hmm. You know, like for me, when I was sick, I was no longer able to model, get a real job. My partner left me. I was kind of confined to healing myself in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. And everything I believed was me was stripped away. Mm-hmm. Because that really wasn't me. And I'm sure we've all been there in a different way where these things that we think are us, that relationship, that job, that title, that car, that house, they get taken from us, you know, inverted commas, and we feel like we've lost a piece of ourselves. Well, no, you haven't. That had to be peeled back for you to understand you are not your job. You are not your relationship. You are not any of these things. You know, getting to know yourself deeper than ever before is such a beautiful, enriching part of this journey. So we need to embrace that and know, like you mentioned, right, you, you think you've kind of graduated to the next level on this conscious path mm-hmm. and you're like, yes, I get it. I am enlightened. Uh, well, you know, universe, I've got this. And the universe goes, oh, do you now, my child? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my life story. 
And then like, you know, this kind of energetic lightning bolt of sorts comes into your universe and all of a sudden you kind of get squished back down to where you just started previously, like down one level. And what happens is we, we call this kind of like the cycle of the path and you will constantly have these cycles as long as you choose to walk it because the path isn't meant to be easy. You weren't here signing up for a free ride. You're here to learn. It's the school of life, right? Mm. So you kind of got a taste of where you think you're going and you are going there, but you don't get there without work. So down you come a few, you know, rungs down the ladder, knowing now where you're going because you've just had a taste of it and the universe goes, okay, now work towards that. Make the right choices. Choose the right way. Really honor your integrity. And so you do the work and then finally you get to that level and you're like, okay, now I've got it. And you just got to take a breather and then all of a sudden the next stage comes and so the cycle continues. But you've got to understand if you're going to choose to walk this sacred way, really, you know, I like to think of this as an esoteric path weaved into my tantric training. This is how it works for me. It will look totally different for you, I'm sure. But however it is that you walk this path, you've got to know that it's not easy. We don't take the path of least resistance. Yeah. If you want a cruisy life you would have chosen something very, very different. And we might look around us and go, hang on a minute, wow, that person just seems to have it so easy. They've just got a promotion. They're going on a trip to Europe. They just like, you know, found out they're pregnant. Their whole world is just like, you know, a miracle after a miracle. And you might even start to feel envious or frustrated that your life isn't falling into place. That person has a very different soul path to you. We've got to remember this as well. No matter how old we are, no matter what we've achieved, no matter what any of those other external things are, we all are at different levels on our soul journey. So don't ever think that you need to compare yourself to someone else because they are on their own journey. And they all, you know, as we do, have their own trials and challenges to go through. So in a place like that, this is where we need to tap back into our heart and that high mind consciousness and go, you know what, I send them love. And I'm so beautiful. Like I'm so touched by the beauty of their life. I get to see that that's an option if that's something that I'd like to, you know, strive towards or, or kind of lean towards as well. But the main thing is, is that you come to a place within yourself of loving kindness, compassion, non-judgment. Yes. That is super, super important in this, in this way of life as well. I'm with you. My, my entire, you know, mantra for myself is anytime I find myself in judgment, I just stop and I send love and then I try to think about, you know, why am I finding myself there? But the whole point is send them love because it's all about something unresolved in myself and has nothing to do with them. Correct. Absolutely. And that's coming from a place of empowerment. To me, that's part of being a divinely empowered woman. You're not giving your power away because your ego is trying to control you. You're staying in your truth and going, okay, I'm just going to send love. Because sending love to someone else also sends love to you. And it's really within us that we need to sort that out. As you said, it's about taking ownership. One of my favorite words, responsibility. Mm. Take responsibility for your thoughts, for your actions, for your words. We don't do enough of that. It's too easy to blame someone else. Taking responsibility is a huge part of this path. It's too easy to say I'm the victim of my circumstances. And that is the recipe for disease, disaster, and a terrible life. And so I know for myself, because I've had you know, circumstances that I could blame or other people that I could blame that I could have gone down that path. And thank God that I discovered spirituality and I discovered mindfulness and meditation. And now Tantra, as I am learning about, which is very similar concept that I can, you know, be empowered to not go down that path and to stay in the positive and to stay in my loving and and to experience my human experience, feel my feelings and know that there is a greater purpose for them. Absolutely. And yeah, feel your feelings. Just don't hang on to them and right. dwell on them. And Acknowledge them mm-hmm. and move on. Yes. <laughs> and I should have said, and let them go. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Surrender, surrender. Yes. 
Well, thank you so much. This has been so interesting. And I know Susie loves this stuff. So Elise, can you please tell us where we can find you online, how we can follow you? And you've got two books, one that's out and a second book, Yanni Power, coming out. Tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, stalk you. Yes. <laughs> you can totally stalk me on my website, which is stellamuse.com. Mm-hmm. And that's Stella with an A. I've got lots of beautiful resources up there that you can enjoy and prowl through plenty of free videos. And there's an ebook as well. So if that calls you and you feel like I could be of assistance and you can drop me an email at elise at stellamuse.com. Otherwise, you can easily find me on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter and SoundCloud and YouTube. If that's not going to keep you occupied, I don't know what will. <laughs> so enjoy the journey and I sincerely trust you know if you take nothing else from today's conversation that you'll just remember everything you need is within you so you just need to slow down and give yourself some time to to process and honor that honor you nurture you because you've got a very long journey ahead of you and it can only be a beautiful miraculous experience if you choose it to be so I mean, that's so beautifully stated. And for me, who is a type A person, I constantly have to remind myself to slow down. And some people go through life slow and peaceful and some people don't. And so if you're one of the people that inherently doesn't or you've been conditioned to not and to speed up and to be stressed and to be type A and to be perfectionist, slowing down for me was one of the best lessons that I could learn. And I still have to teach it to myself every day. So I appreciate you saying that. And can you leave us with a tweetable? Absolutely. I have to say that every choice you make is either of fate or destiny. So just remember that. Make conscious choices, either fate or destiny. Beautiful. Make that conscious choice, Food Heals Nation. Tweet it to us at Food Heals Nation. Tweet it to Elise at StellaMuse underscore com, like dot com, I guess, and use the hashtag FoodHealsPodcast so we can see your posts. Thank you so much, Elise. Elise, thank you. Thank you. Oh, Alison and Susie, you both are so beautiful. Thank you very much for having me. For all the show notes from today's show, go to FoodHealsNation.com. Also at FoodHealsNation.com, you'll find all our discount codes. Hey, Allie, are you social? I'm social. Let's talk on social. Okay. Make sure to join our Food Heals Nation Facebook group at foodhealsgroup.com where you can connect with other Food Heals listeners, ask questions, add value, and of course, we've got Tribe Building Tuesday to help you build your business and your personal relationships, and we've got Self Promotion Saturday where you can post your links to your business, your blog, your recipes, your healing story, anything you want. And of course, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash foodhealsnation. And we're on Twitter and Instagram at foodhealsnation. And you can follow my personal adventures at Allison Melody TV. For all the show notes, go to foodhealsnation.com. See you next time, Food Heals Nation. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put in their Lululemons and take a yoga class while drinking a green juice. If you experience any of these symptoms, text your priest immediately. (laughs) 